All right, welcome to episode 49 of Ask Alika. I have Dino with me today. Hello, Dino. I'm fine, how you going? Good, I'm gonna give you a quick intro for those that don't know. Dino is a multi-award winning finance broking BDM at Suncorp and a massive influencer and advocate in the finance broking space. He also is a massive influencer on LinkedIn with close to 27,000 followers, which is phenomenal. And um, look, I'm a big fan of Dino. I follow his stuff. Uh, We've spent a bit of time together. Really wanted him on this podcast. It's finally happened. Uh, Firstly, Dino, how did you amass 27,000 followers on LinkedIn? Yeah, good question to start with. So, mate, thanks for having me here today, firstly. It takes time, one of them. And you need to understand the audience and the strategies that you have. And I, personally, I didn't have that when I first started. I jumped on the platform about six years ago now. And I thought it'd be great to get to know some people, put some content out here and there. And I was probably posting once a fortnight, following a few people. that I didn't really understand how the platform worked. Mm. And then I changed it to when I moved into my BDM role, I changed it more as a self-promotion mechanism. And I was a little bit arrogant and egotistic on the stuff I was putting out. And I was the first one to put my hand up now looking back and going, I can't believe I posted that stuff. <laughs> and then I'm lucky enough now to know some really, I suppose, influential people behind the scenes at LinkedIn, whether they're in Australia or offshore. And they've sort of become my LinkedIn mentors over the last couple of years. So understanding my audience, understanding that LinkedIn's all about that education piece, the information, entertainment to a degree, and understanding how that algorithm works as well. Yeah. So it's not just posting now once a week and then leaving and coming back to it. It's all about that engagement, that social aspect. And I use the term social media is like a kindergarten playground. Mm. Right? If you're not playing with the same kid every single day, yeah. they're going to get bored and move on to another kid and go play with their marbles or, I don't know, balls, whatever, yeah. whatever kids bloody play with these days. So it's all about that engagement and it's a consistent engagement. So I think doing that over a couple of years each and every day wow. is the only way to build a follower base. Wow. How many times did you spend in your peak years per day, do you think? Now? Or, yeah, like now. Yeah, now I, I would say I spend a minimum of two hours a day on LinkedIn. Wow. Seven days a week. Phenomenal. So, seven days a week. Yeah, so it takes. And is that throughout like the day? Like. Um, Majority of that two hours is spent an hour in the morning and an hour in the evening because I, as with everybody these days, we're busy throughout the day so we can't go spending an extra half an hour or an hour on LinkedIn. But having some block out times there, I mean, if I have five or ten minutes throughout the day in between meetings, I'll quickly jump on and see if there's anything important that I need to refresh. Wow. Do you actually, and what's your strategy there? Like, do you scroll through and look at content that you like and then comment on it and like it? Is that is that what you do? Yeah, absolutely. If it's something that, if it's a regular user that I know about, like your stuff's on, if I see you <laughs> singing on LinkedIn again, mate, <laughs> I'm definitely going to like and comment on that one. Yeah. Um, so, if they're people I know, absolutely, I'm willing to support them because the further <coughs> that I can help get their posts out, the more traction they're going to reach. So I think that's a bit of a duty I have for my followers to support them because they support me. Yeah. And it's all about that dedication and that commitment piece on it. Yeah, so it's really a hustle game. And you're right, I think a lot of people you know, think that it is a short-term thing. They do it for three months and they self-promote and then they don't get anything out of it and they think LinkedIn's a failure which is the completely the wrong, you know, the wrong perception. Correct. So, yes. I think, like you said, it's the hustle 
you know, it's that old um, helicopter effect that back in the mid-80s marketing effect that you chuck an advertisement in the West for a week and you think you're going to get some traction, but if you don't, it's just going to drop down, then you do it again, and then you drop down. So you need to keep that flowing and that traction moving upwards. Yeah. So tell us more about, um, I know I'm jumping, at, I'm fast-forwarding a bit. Um, how did you get in touch with Mark Boris? <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, so when I... Probably steps back a little bit when I started National Finance Brokers Day back in 2015. I thought I'd need a well-known spokesperson to help me get some traction out in the consumer market to promote the advantages that finance brokers deliver to the marketplace. And everybody knows Mark Boris in finance, outside of finance now as well. So listen, it it was through LinkedIn. I sent him a message and said, Mark, I'm doing this. Gave him the reasons why I want to do it. I said, would you be interested? And you know, after a couple of follow-ups, Mark came back and goes, yeah, I'm more than interested. Let's catch up. And we did our first video together in the inaugural year in 2016. And then we did a live broadcast on Facebook last year where we tackled and we jointly tackled some consumer questions about brokers. So that was really fun and interesting. And uh, this year we're doing something as well, which we're going to announce in the next couple of weeks where I'm glad to say Mark will be joining us again. Wow, so did you send him a, a direct message and then and then no reply and then a couple of days later follow up, a couple of days later follow up? Yeah. And then eventually Yeah, it, listen, it was to Mark's credit, it was only two follow ups in I think a four to five week space. Wow. So I didn't have to hound him because you probably don't want to hound people like that to a degree. But it was um it was all about the why factor and it was all about the good of the broker industry. Yep, yep. You weren't doing a hard sell like, oh, you know. No, absolutely. Yep, okay, fantastic. Now, tell us more about your role at, at Suncorp. Yes, yeah, so my current role at Suncorp, I'm a business development manager, so I look after a portfolio of mortgage brokers or finance brokers, if you want to call them. So whenever there's an opportunity for them to present Suncorp to a client that's looking at finance, then they can call me as a go-to person and we can run through certain types of scenarios if there's policy now, which is becoming a little bit more complex in the current environment, I can assist them to see if that's something that Suncorp would look at, or if it fits out, or if it doesn't fit our policy, I might be able to recommend another lender that might be better suited for that application and for that client. So, it we assist those brokers so they're not sending those applications in and spending three four hours worth of work seeing the client processing it and then we can't actually do it because it sits outside of our space yeah so we're saving them time we're getting the right outcome for them and more importantly the right outcome for their client excellent excellent and you know you're a massive advocate in the finance broking space you talked about the national finance broking day Uh, tell us a bit more about that how did it start (laughs) this one started when i first started in my bdm position with suncorp so as with every new job you jump online and take in as much information and knowledge as you can and I was reading on Facebook, on Google, wherever I could get my hands on around brokers. And a lot of the press I was reading was, wasn't, on, wasn't so positive. So I was reading, I was going, geez, I've just joined this industry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a bit concerned. What's going on? And the more I learned, the more people I got to know, these were very individual static circumstances that people were leaving their feedback on. So I thought there's not the positive aspect that people are understanding on what brokers do and it's not so much just a relationship piece it's a full service that they bring so i thought it needs to be promoted out more to the consumer market so i thought what better way to do it than actually have a national day and i know we have national international days for everything i think today 
the 21st of June is um, International Selfie Day, by the way. <laughs> so, <laughs> which I saw that this morning. That exists. So, so I understand it, but it's not just the one day. It's the build-up through the other 364 yeah. days of the year that we can promote brokers and what they do. And we do that heavily through the social media channel. Yeah. And you also have Ubervation, which you've had for about 10 months, 11 months. Yeah, correct. Tell us more about that. Yeah, Ubervation came up with, I started doing a quick short sharp videos on a Friday about what I learned or something I learned throughout that week. And it evolved into more business tips, into more, I suppose, short, inspirational, motivational videos. And it was all about using I suppose the Uber terminology on bringing motivation, education, and inspiration to you, hence the word Ubervation, it's a mixture of those two. And now bring out videos every Wednesday and bring out some short, sharp text posts throughout the week as well. So I'm glad so Ubervation has its own Twitter account and LinkedIn page, and it's um, getting some good traction. Yeah, it is. Really um, interesting and I suppose helpful things that I'm trying to put out. And if I look at it, that, you know, if 5,000 people see it. If two people take something away from that, then that's a, su- a success for me. Yeah, fantastic. Mm-hmm. And, and just going back to your, your, your digital marketing strategies, because I know you're really good with this stuff. Um, like, do you find that being consistent with your, with your content posts, like the every Wednesday for Ubervation? Is that like an algorithm thing for LinkedIn? Do they really appreciate same time, same day kind of thing? Listen, um, good question. I'm not actually sure if the same time, same day algorithm works well. What works well is LinkedIn's like any business. You spend time, if they were a retail outlet, if you spent time and money into that retail outlet, they would welcome you with open arms every single day. And they would tell you, tell more people about what you're doing in their store. Mm. So LinkedIn's like that. The more time you actually spend in there, the more time you engage, whether it's like comments, sharing, then they, they see you're on that platform for long periods of time they're going to like it. So when you share something, the algorithm will pick that up and go, gee, Dino's shared something again. Let's get this out to more connections. So the more of your follower base will see it, and then if your first connections like it, then their connection base. And if they're not connected with you, their class is second-degree connections and yeah. preaching to the choir here. But they, no, no, they under, So your post then can get a further reach the more that you're actually engaging on there. So it's not just... We're not talking about sending a little thumbs up or a smiley emoji. You're talking about leaving some relevant, engaging comments on a post and something that LinkedIn will see regularly and go, hey, we love this guy spending time. We want him to spend more time here and tell more people about it. Awesome. How do you manage all these things? Like you're obviously very successful. You're very driven. Um, you've, got, you've got your BDM role at Suncorp. You've got uh, Ubervation. You've got uh, the LinkedIn stuff that you do in the morning and at night. You've got the National Finance Broking Day. How, how do you manage all of this? Yeah. You must not really sleep much. <laughs> <laughs> I have a very strict regime. Um, Tell us. Probably Tell us to more. the detriment of my family, but uh, I'm, I'm huge for time planning and punctuality. So, you. Um, and people that probably deal with me understand that. And I've, I've got a strict passion for it. So if people are two minutes late, I'll probably start getting a little bit antsy to it. Uh, so yeah, the strict regime, it's um, six hours of sleep every night. So it's 10 till four. And then wow. as soon as it's up, it's, it's on LinkedIn and let's get that first hour out of the way. And then it's into BDM job and that probably starts at around six. So it's emails, returning phone calls, working with our head office in Brisbane, given the time difference there so we can get in nice and early and start getting answers for our brokers. Um, and National Finance Brokers Day, you know, that ramps up now and I put in the time and effort as with any passion that anybody has. You put it in after hours, you put it in on a Saturday and Sunday and you make it work. So 
Um, with National Finance Brokers, I'm doing a special trip over to Sydney next week, and that will meet with a few people to confirm the details of the events that will come up. So, as I mentioned, we'll be able to post the finer details of the event, who's coming, where we're going, and what that looks like and around the first week of July. Wow, you're a machine, mate. Um, I love it. I love those routine <laughs> questions. That's very disciplined. I could barely wake up at seven, four o'clock. That's awesome. But even but harder, harder than that is I reckon going to bed at 10, like forcing yourself to go to bed early. I think that's yeah. really good discipline. It, it's not early when you get up at four, mate. So yeah, you're, you're pretty you, tired by nine. You'll be smashed by then. So you got the routine down, Pat. Now, what's your biggest failure if you can share with us? Oh, geez. How long do we have? Um, <laughs> you know, I'm going to go back or maybe about 12, 13 years, so I want to take you back a little bit. So prior to me joining the finance industry, and I joined directly out of year 12, so literally finished year 12, end of November, I was in a major bank role at the end of December. So, and I had a thing for numbers and I went, yeah, this is great, I want to, I want to be in banking, I want to be in finance. Approximately six, seven years after doing multiple roles in that, um, in that bank, the family had a cafe that they had run for 25 odd years. And listen, this is the first time I'm telling this story, all right? So oh, it, it is an exclusive. Exclusive. Um, so if I get a little bit emotional, mate, you might need to grab a tissue box. No, no it's, um, yeah, we went into a family business where my father had run it successfully when he immigrated to Australia from Italy and he had run it successfully for 25 years with my mum. And we decided to jump on board. So I left the comfort of a POIG job and a steady income, and I only had a small family back then, or a young family, I should say. And we jumped into this when then after a year, my father decided to retire and left the cafe in the hands of my brother and I. And unfortunately, we made some changes that we look back on, and they weren't well received in the industry or in the environment that we were in. And the cafe basically lasted another four years after 25 and started to go backwards very quickly. So to cut a long story short, that area or that part of my life sort of seen, had seen me from go from what I had where family house, good employment to, you know, let's just everything had to start from scratch. So wow. it was, you know, no more house for you. Let's start from scratch and Go, yeah. go back to the bank and work your way up again. So it's you sort of press the rewind button on life and you go, oh, I'm not going to get those four years back again. And, and it's difficult and I'm sure I'm not the only person that's had failures, right? There's many and you can look at many CEOs who's, who have done this. But if you don't take anything away from it and if you sit in the corner sulking going, oh, my God, I'm going to feel sorry for myself because oh, I didn't make the right decisions and I'd lost money, and I look at money now going, you know, I, I can make money anywhere I go, but it's not about the money. It's how do I actually make that money? And if yeah. I'm not happy with what I'm doing, then, then that's a failure. So, yeah, that was a failure back then. But now I look at it going, if I didn't do that, I don't reckon I would have the motivation and passion to do what I do today. Yeah, agreed. People would hear that and go, yeah, I understand if they've been through it. If they haven't, they're probably thinking, well, you shouldn't have cocked up in the first place. But... I needed to, and you know, that, I agree. that's the path that life's given me. Yeah. You can't go back totally and change it, so look forward. I do look back only to take the things that I don't make those mistakes again, <laughs> right? And if I do them again, 
I've got a good support network around me now that'll stop me very, very quickly and give me a quick, swift kick up the backside to say, hey, do you want to have another think about that one? That may not be the, the right opportunity for you to take. And, and practically, what, what, what are some of the things that you learned that you took out of there? Oh, um, planning is one. Uh, a stickler for structure is another, and that's probably why I'm so routinely uh, focused now. Um, ensuring that if you are starting a business now, that your business plan is routinely structured along with the right capital behind you, but you have the right support network where I necessarily didn't have that we had the right business plan. I think we had enough capital behind us, but I don't think we had the right people to go to to say, listen, this isn't working. What do you think we try? We just sort of either tried to push through a brick wall with a, with a feather and that was never going to work. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was, it was that challenge at that time. And I never wish anybody to fail at anything they do. So I'm really supportive to help anybody out there that wants it because I've been through it and you know that feeling of yeah. not being on the positive end of success. Wow. Thanks mm. for sharing. Yeah, no problems. That's well, the first time I've probably said that out loud in about 10 years, mate. That's an, <laughs> yeah, that's an amazing story. Thank you so much. And what was your biggest success? Oh, do you know what? If I take my family away from it and I take the personal aspect from a professional point of view, yeah. I would have have to say moving into finance but moving into the broker space and looking after, looking back on when I first started back in finance, it was, <laughs> again, my father sort of recommended this because he was good friends with an area manager back in the bank where I first started when I was oh, 17 still. And my father thought, just go into it. You like the numbers, go in. And I suppose the success was actually listening to my father at that stage, as weird as that sounds. Yeah. My father was, my parents have always been extremely supportive, but if they didn't say, go, if they didn't know that person, one, it would have been difficult because I didn't have the uh, university qualifications behind me. I went straight from high school into, into banking, but I knew somebody that was supportive. Still went through the recruitment process as you do, but knowing, knowing someone listening to my father's wisdom, say, so just go have a chat and an hour is not going to cost you anything. That turning point in my life has gotten me to where I am today. So as well as everything else that I've been Fantastic. through. Fantastic. That passion for finance, passion for brokers now. Um, I don't think if I went into banking originally back then and went off to into another industry, not to say I wouldn't have success there, but I wouldn't have success in the finance game. Wow. Now, how do you, um, what do you, okay, so firstly, what do you think are the biggest, like, key, like, oh, this sounds like such a corny question, but <laughs> keys to success. And when I say that, if you can be specific, like, if somebody's trying to do what you're doing, for example, um, you know, what do, What are the first kind of things I need to learn? Is it selling? Is it negotiating? Is it time management? Is it being routine? Like, what do, What would you say are the first few things? Well, first, you got to, if I look at it, you've got to know where you want to head, all right? So, you've got to have not necessarily an end goal or an end game, but you do have to have goals in place on what you want to achieve in your industry. Um, secondly, I think you need to have a structured routine on how to get to those goals, so yes, everybody and all motivational speakers say write down your goals, have them in a place where you can see them every day, put them as a reminder on your phone, whatever the case is. But I feel like you need a granular structure in place that if you've got a yearly goal, what are you going to achieve to help you get to that that goal? Yeah. And perfect example, and I always use it, is, and the World Cup's a great example to use, right? So you've got all these teams that have been qualifying for the last three and a half years to win this, one of the biggest tournaments in the world. 
So that, that's their goal, right, to be world champions and, and lift that trophy at the end of the month. But their structure and their routine and their planning over the last three and a half years is we get everybody together, we do specific training to tackle this specific opponent at their, in their specific country. What do we need to do to get our guys right? What structure do we need to do? What, what's the game plan? What areas that we need to focus on. So all those little structures help them get to their end goal. And that's a perfect way to explain it in business too. Yeah. It's not just great writing down saying, signed, you know, I want to be the best, let's call it mortgage broker in the country. Yeah. Do you know, if you don't have plans in place on how to actually do that, you will get lost along the way. Yeah. So yeah, planning goals and, and then dedication and support network is yeah. a huge one. Yeah. Sure. Every, and whether that's from a family's perspective, so wife, husband, de facto, kids, anyone that you can go and bounce ideas off or even just have a rant to at the end of a bad day, mm. that will help you get back into the right frame of mind. And then those professional people that you can bounce those ideas off, so you don't make the ones that I did 13 years ago, <laughs> will help you on the path to success. So th there are many, and you could call out dedication and passion and networking and all of that, but... I think you know, the planning, the structures, the passion and the support network are huge. Yeah. Be, and be dedicated. That's yeah, huge. you got to execute. <laughs> Man, I think if you're going to be in a sales or, or a people-facing industry, you know, you're not selling a product or a service, you're selling yourself and it's the communication factor. So one thing that we live by is if you're going <coughs> to do what you say you're going to do, yeah. If a sale was coming in to do the podcast with you today, do you know what? I'm going to do it. And it was early. Yeah, it was early. <laughs> don't, don't ring up and say, oh, something's come up. You know, you put it in the calendar for a reason. It's there. Live by that. Die by that. Yeah. And live by your promises. Yeah. Promises are so fairly and people just break them as if they're nothing these days. It's true. And how do you, how do you train yourself? How do you learn and train and um, in the professional space? Do you read? Do you listen to podcasts? Yep. Podcast is one. Um, so that's easy done in between meetings, put on in the car. Reading social media, um, come across many, many different articles, particularly, yeah. particularly in the finance sector. There's so many changes within our industry, and you've probably heard about the Royal Commission yeah. um, that's happening at the moment. So there's a lot of that to keep abreast of, and that's constantly changing and has been over the last 12 to 18 months. So articles, news articles, speaking to people that have been in the game 20, 30 years. You know, I've only been in breaking in the broker industry for five years in finance, about fifteen. But I never want to say I know everything because you do you don't. And if anybody says that in finance, you're kidding yourself. Right? So learning off these people, actually sitting down and listening, opening your ears, closing your mouth, and asking some questions and taking as much as I can away. So fortunate when I when I do travel to the East Coast, there are a lot of well known, knowledgeable people over there. So I try and get in front of them and learn as much as I can. Yeah, fantastic. Mm. Now, have you got any tips on, I mean, you're in the finance game, on how to invest your money? <laughs> well, we normally lend it out from oh. our perspective. <laughs> well, true. Um, true. <laughs> but if, if you're seeking our finance, it'd be remiss of me not to say, listen, go seek some guidance and some yeah. professional expert. Um, yeah. So brokers, obviously, the perfect way to, when you're seeking out finance, whether that may be, finance for a home, car loan, business, whatever it may be. If you're looking at investing, again, financial advisors um, are a good way to go and speak to people. Do some research on social media about these mm. professionals. Speak to people who have actually dealt with them. Yep. Um, but put them to the test as well. When you get in front of a, a broker or a financial planner 
or an investment consultant, actually ask them questions. Say, can you tell me about your last three successes that you've had with the clients? Yeah. What, what's been the return on investment on them? Or if they're a broker, tell me what you've done for the last three clients. Yeah. Tell me some tips on how to pay off my mortgage quicker. How do you yeah. think I should do that? And broke, and these people will help now because they want to be those, that trusted advisor. They don't know, they no longer just want to write a loan and then leave it. They want you as a client and they want you as a client for life. Yeah. <coughs> so, Dino, um, what are your future plans for the next year? <laughs> I love that question. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm continuously looking at ways to improve the broker industry. And obviously, National Finance Brokers Day plays a big part in that. But if I can get more people, more influential people on board to promote it even further and we, and we continue seeing the mortgage broker share rise because brokers are responsible for writing, I think it's around 55.7% of all mortgages in Australia. So it's a, bro- it's a channel where consumers are seeking out and they're seeking out more and more. So I look at it from the role that I play. If we can continue creeping that up, 0.02, 0.03, every six to 12 months, then you know what? that's a personal success for me. I don't need personal accolades if I can help with the industry as a whole. Um, do you know that's a success for me, man. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Is there anything, lastly, is there anything else that you're passionate about that you'd like to share? I do love my football. <laughs> so, oh, so I mentioned the soccer, right soccer now. football, which whoever's actually watching. Um, but yeah, the, the World Cup's huge. So yeah. again, it's, it's finding that balance. And I'm lucky enough to know this other human coach as well that he doesn't refer something to as a work-life balance anymore it's all a integration it's a life it's it's a human life balance yeah. you know it's it's everything you're, yeah. you're in touch you're online 24 7 it's all modeled up together correct and man, you get it more than anything with your business oh it's, it's crazy no longer i can switch off at five o'clock and i'll pick it back up at nine no, it doesn't work there's no such thing so i think having making sure that you're rewarding yourself for the, your little wins or whether that is whether i sit down and Watch Australia play for an hour and a half yep. and, and then just switch everything off and enjoy that time with my father who loves sitting down with it. And, and we did that on the last game. And it's, it's those little things that you need to integrate. But finding that balance is challenging for people. Yeah. So if you can find those little balances, that's my little tip that I'd give to people out there. Find yeah. it. It's hard. But chat to people. Yes. Get rid of that. Yeah. Your ego, get rid of the walls, get rid of the barriers. People yeah. want to know you. Don't, don't be an island. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Dino, a pleasure. That was um, brilliant. Thank you. thank you for sharing. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that was fantastic. Hope everyone has a great day. Thanks, Dino. Mate, my pleasure. Thank you. Thanks.